Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Grassroots Church Roundtable Podcast, a podcast that is simply a discussion between a couple of local church leaders. Today, we're back in the 1689, chapter 5, paragraphs 1 through 2, talking about God's providence. We'll get to that in a second. In the meantime, I've got Darren Cherry, the lead elder of Grassroots Church, the main man himself, the main dish, the main course. I hear what? What? (laughs) And uh, yeah, I'm Adam. Another elder of Grassroots Church. I think that's how people feel about our teachings in comparison. They show up on a Sunday expecting to hear the Darren Cherry, and they get stuck with me. They're like, hey, why are we getting this side dish when we can have, like, the entree? When is the last... What was the date of the last Sunday you preached? Easter. What was that, the 9th of April or something? Okay. Let's see how you... see how I... April 9th? Something around that time. Wasn't the... Second Sunday in April. Yeah, because it's right after Good Friday service. Uh, let's see. Second Sunday in March. No? You and at the time of this recording, it is May 11th. Second Sunday in March had the most views of any sermon in March. Ooh, I won March. <laughs> you actually yeah. had the fewest in April, but it was Easter, so most of the people were here. That's right. So A game. You know, uh, chugging along. That goes back uh, February, second Sunday in February. You had the second most views in February. So it's... How many I, views I, is that? I mean, like 14? Uh, in February, the second most was 20. The most was... Well, okay. The most was 27. If you go and look at our YouTube channel, something happened. Yeah, you almost went trending. For the February 26th, I'm going to give everybody context here. First Sunday in February, we had 18 views. This is the, we don't do live stream. We just post these afterwards. So it got watched 18 times. February 12th, there were 20 views. February 19th, there were 27 views. I'm going to skip a Sunday. March 5th, 14 views. March 12th, 18 views. March 19th, 15 views. March 26th, 15 views. So that gives context to why this is weird. The February 26th sermon that I did on Exodus 4, 1 through 17, 232 views. What was that topic on? Exodus 4 is uh, right before Moses Um, um, left to go. Because I think I did Exodus 6. This is God equipping Moses for the mission he was given. That's the title of the... This is when when God calls him and goes, okay, here's the things you're going to be able to do. Here are the the signs and here's the words and um, I, Le- I don't legit I, legit. I don't know. Can I, you give us the points? What point? What was the what was the key um, premise? What the thesis, if I may? I'd have to. I don't. I can't do. Well, that. this is God equipping Moses. He 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 will always give him. God always equips us. For what he calls us to do. And so he gave Moses the words to say, he gave him the signs to give, and he gave him Aaron. So we have we have the church. <laughs> the way you made that sound is like you gave him the words to say, he gave him the signs, and Aaron. <laughs> Aaron. You know, so yeah, it, it, I don't know why that happened. It, it hadn't happened since. I don't know if I don't I don't know. I don't <laughs> I don't even understand yeah, the internet. My, so this actually this podcast and the sermon series on YouTube is my online presence at this point because I rarely post, I rarely read through anything Facebook. Now I will I'll follow Twitter watching a basketball game or a football game or you know, I don't know. Twitter's good for live conversations. I like that. But Facebook, oh, it just makes me cringe. I, I I like the connectedness. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's cool to go to the events page and, like, what's happening in Lewisburg. Ooh, yeah. there's a Paint My Feelings on Friday. That, not that I saw that, but, you know, that seems like be an event. That it would be seems like something that would. Like, when you said that, I'm like, yeah, that'd be a Lewisburg thing. Um, I, I cringe a little bit at people when they get on Facebook during a game, like a football game or a bowl game or something. You go, go Twitter. And then they... They're putting on Facebook, like, their status, uh, I guess that's what it used to be, but what they put on, they just put on, they're like, how are these refs even allowed to ref this game? And that's that's what they put. And it's like, okay. And then the next thing is, 
oh, I can't even watch this because this team is. And it's like, why are you posting this? Like, what does anybody care? Hey, friends, if you're listening, if that's you, uh, here's a wake-up call. Darren doesn't care. Yeah, stop it. No, but Twitter Twitter is, I think, is better for that because of all the different uh, Fox Sports commentators. They do provide some interesting insight to, to be watching a game. I think Skip Bayless does a great job because even though I'm, I haven't, I've not watched um, Undisputed or followed anything Skip Bayless for a while, but I do follow him on Twitter. He won't post anything until about the second quarter. Let lets the game, whether it be football or basketball, kind of feel itself out before he just starts throwing out any opinion. And I, I really appreciate that because he – I don't agree with some things he says, but his insight I think is pretty interesting. Live, like, was that a fa- – like, how do I feel about – um who was it a couple days ago? What game? It was the New York game. Um, someone, I forgot who it was, put his foot under Brunson. When he was about to land, do you remember that? No. Yeah, well, that that happened in the game whenever New York lost to Miami. Miami, gosh, Miami. Uh, but it's like, wait, how's that? Anyway, to see what other people say about it provides more insight because commentators on TV are so. Do you feel like you? Bad. Um, do you feel like you're sitting in a room with them watching the game as you read their comment, almost like you're having a discussion with them? Like, yeah, kind of. Okay, yeah. I could see that. Yeah, I mean that's just it. But other than that, I mean, I'll I'll look through Instagram every like two weeks. So sports related, I'll bring this up because well, one thing I need to go check. I we, I, we didn't do a mic check, so I'm gonna go make sure our mics are working. Sure. But to get a start, I want to hear from you um, to share with everybody. You and I chose our teams. We did our, uh, our, our 2K, five. NBA 2K23 Xbox Series S fantasy draft through the entire history of the US, U, USA, uh, NBA. NBA. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, I posted them to Facebook, and I, I do have to say, I, I cracked Ouch. up at a few people. Ouch, y'all. Because I literally was like, just write a name. Just put a name. We don't need a bunch of comments. Ouch. We just need a name. And people were like, here's a team and here's why. Or here's why I don't think. Or, hey, I want to. It's like, people, the instructions were just put a name. Now, there were a couple of people, your wife being one, that they need um, uniform designs to choose who they think would win. That's very true. Should that be the tiebreaker? <gasps> That's the tiebreaker. Okay, so yes, that's this, good. Okay, here's why we need a tiebreaker. It it is. Wait, you want a mic check first? Then we'll talk about the tiebreaker. Okay, hold on. Yeah, uh, Darren's going to go check the mics because we're super technologically savvy. Awesome. So, how'd you like that setup? I, you came back quick. We can move. Well, all I had to do was look and see if there were a bunch of squiggly lines, and then it, I know it's registering our mics. Um, here's why we need a tiebreaker. It's pretty obvious right now that I'm winning the. Uh, I'm calling it the opinion vote. It's the opinion vote, like of your friends, because Jesse and I were talking about that. If I was to put the same post on my friends, I wonder if hold on that would happen. But hold, we, do, how many on. mutual friends are in That's, that? I'm, I think there's going to be some hurt feelings. People are going to be like, "Oh, Adam doesn't think we're friends." Which, by the way, did you see my post I, I put yesterday about Batman? Yes. Yeah. That's Tom Brady. Batman. If you could. There's nobody's ever convinced me that's not Tom Brady under that mask. Nobody's ever going to convince me of that. Okay, so I want to write. I want to read the names of the people that put a vote. I'm not going to say what they voted, but just the names. Okay. Okay. Debbie Bowman. Is she your friend? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Craig Terry. You don't know him. No. He's the pastor at Greenbrier Baptist. Felicia Augustine. Good friend. Well. You know, we don't know each other, but uh, sweet, sweet lady. Emily Holiday. Emily Holiday. Emily. I know an Emily. There are a lot of Emily. That's Megan's best friend. Oh, no, I know Emily. She changed her last name. Ah, McClung. You, yeah. She voted for you. Hey, what's so up, I was Emily? wanting you to be like, nah, I don't know them. Be like, well, she voted for you. Her husband, Matt, also voted for you. Oh, what's up, Matt? Uh, you don't know Susan Morrison. Uh, you do know Zach Patton. Yep. Sarah Marr. Yeah, she voted for... Me. No, me. Zach Patton voted for you. Sarah voted for me. She actually did say, sorry, Adam. I'm going to have to go with Darren. Hey, so thanks. she did. Hey, 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 she hey gave, Sarah, like, look, hey, She look. loves you. Love you, Sarah. Yeah. Uh, you can be honest. You don't have to apologize. You just do you. <laughs> Angie Lilly. Judy Jones. 
Now, Angie voted for me. Judy voted for you. Although, Judy, okay, hey, I got to say this. That's my friend. I got to say this. <laughs> Judy's not going to hear this, but I'm going to say this. She put Adam, other team old and fat. I'm not saying they're playing now. <laughs> Well, I was wondering, these responses seem to be very generational. I was talking to Zach about it, and there is a generational perspective to be said here. But I think Judy those that you. Well, she knows that, you know, I look, Darren, when I say, when I make a proclamation, people assume that I'm just spitball. No, I've done, re- no, kidding. The only reason, I just cracked up because she was like, the other team's old and fat. I was like, I didn't. Although, did you hear the joke Michael Jordan put that said, they asked would the, 72-win Bulls beat the 73-win Warriors. Yes. And he said, we'd probably win by five or six points. And they were like, why would it be so close? And he goes, you got to remember. He said, all of us are over 50 now. I was like, oh, he's saying they could beat them now. Oh, Nah, see, see those that's hypothetical situations, yeah. that's hard. I mean, we can actually do a simulation for that just to see what NBA 2K does. But but here's let me I'll just finish these up. Ellen and your wife want to know uh which uniforms. Uniforms, okay. Oh. Kim McMillian. Of course, good friend of yours. Absolutely. Do you know Forrest? Forrest Vass? I don't think so. He's he I've known him since he was in high school, but uh you don't know Lisa. Uh, you don't know Daniel. You know Dale, but not as you know Dale Owell is. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Reeves. You know yep, John. I know John. Okay. Um, my brother. Which John knows the sports, too. He does. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah. he's, he's good. Um, Jimmy Banton. Jimmy knows a thing or two about basketball. Yeah, he chose me. Um, me, 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 me. He's your best friend, apparently. I heard about it on <laughs> Sunday. I was listening to that that uh, recording. I was like, you. Whenever you're like, yeah, people envy Jimmy and Mai's relationship. I was like, what? Hold on, what? hold on, hold on. Because I thought about this after. Hey, we've talked about this on the podcast. The reason before. I use that is because somebody had come up to me and said, this is, this is eight years ago. Somebody was like, I want to be as good friends with you as, and Jimmy as you and Jimmy are. I'm like, well, you got a long way to go. But um, Jonathan Turner, Pastor Chuck, he said me. Oh, really? Jaina said me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Ben Wright, you don't know Ben. I know Ben. Do you know Ben? I know his dad. Work oh, with him. You, yeah, he said me. John Madera. John, that's my guy. Yeah, he John. Said you. Yep. What? Uh, and then Jeff McMillian. Uh, for me, he said me. Oh, come on, now, Jeff. So there are a few names. Okay, but by and large, like ninety percent of the people were mutual friends. But here's why we need a tiebreak because I'm. It, it would appear that I'm winning the the opinion poll, and and it's not really close. It, that that one's not really close. If you do the simulation and you win the seven-game series, we need a tiebreak uniform. Because I told you, I said, I thought maybe championships, but my team has won 21 championships. Your team has won 20. And let's be honest, you still have KD and LeBron. They could win one this year. They're Mm. still in the playoffs. So it might even be 21-21. So I don't know. So I'm saying, so we need to come up with our uniforms. favorite jerseys and see who backs yep. us up. So, uh, friends, here's which, what I did. What's oh, your wife's favorite color? Real quick, I just wonder. Just wonder. Just no for no reason. Jesse's favorite color yeah, is no reason. It's called Adam. Okay. I'm gonna Google. I, I know Rowan really liked the uh, what late, color is Adam? The late '90s <laughs> Raptors. Remember the big doofy dinosaur? Come on, the, the, the purple Those things were dinosaur. awesome. Oh, they are so great. They got the pinstripes on Heck them. Heck, yeah. Uh, Toronto has a lot of really cool uniforms, but, oh, man. But anyway, I'm, I'm happy to, like, do some research. The color Adam is. Oh, it just says what color was Adam. What color was Adam? Like, from the Bible. Yeah, what color was he? It says. Eumelanin. Oh, yeah, Eumelanin. Mm-hmm. E-U-M-E-L-A-N-I-N. Yep. Is a very dark brown, almost black color. While. Fumilanin is reddish brown. <laughs> I don't know. What what source is that? Who said that? Uh, there's act. This answers in Genesis. Oh, so they're anyway, they're pretty like... reputable. But but all that to say, I now now if if my team ends up winning the seven game series, no tiebreaker needed. Fair. But if your team wins a seven game series, which I do want to let everybody know, if you'd be interested, if it goes to a game seven. We are going to plug your Xbox into the TV up here in the upper room. We're going to get some wings, mm. and we're going to enjoy just a time of fellowship around that game seven. 
Yeah, so what I've decided to do, I did the fantasy draft, and for those of you who play NBA 2K or are somewhat familiar with it, you can go to a certain gameplay setting called Blacktop. It's like streetball, which looks really cool. Like the court layout and the graffiti and stuff on the game. Oh, it's so nice. Um, I gave you home for the first one, and I took away. And we picked and literally down the line. Like I, the, my first pick, LeBron. I gave you Magic. I Which got Kobe, did you take? You got Michael, Miami, LeBron. Uh, no, fifteen. The um, coming back three one. Okay, that LeBron, and then yeah, because so people understand you took peak characters. Right, I did my best to get them in their best. Like um, like Akeem Olajuwon, I think was like the ninety what three. Something yeah, you weren't choosing, you know. 1989 Larry Bird. Uh, no, it was 85 Bird. 86 uh, Johnson. I gave you the, let's see, was it the 98 Jordan? It didn't uh, matter which one. <laughs> you give me any time in the 90s, we're good. I got uh, 2002 Kobe. I would need the 03 Duncan. Y you got them around there. The one When okay. they won the championship, yeah, That's I gave 03. you the best Duncan. I got you. Thank you, sir. Uh, absolutely. And I'm trying to think. So uh, LeBron, Kobe. Yeah, Kobe. Which was, Kobe did you take? The one with Shaq or the one with Pau Gasol? Shaq. Okay. Uh, I think, yeah, it's weird. So Kobe and Shaq, okay, good, I think, came from that the same plays team. In the, if you have Shaq, Kobe, then Jordan lights him up. I think. Oh, we'll get into that in a second. I think by the time you get to Pau Gasol, Kobe, Kobe was much more Jordan-esque. He's more mature. I was looking for athleticism. Actually, I don't know. I, well, that's I just crazy. That, that, that might have been more of a sentimental uh, pick. I no, went with the 03-04 Shaq. Oh, I just knew. I just figured out how I could do championships and crush you if we include coaches' championships. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can do the coach. I had Phil Jackson. <laughs> so, well, I wanted Phil Jackson. I'll take a Phil Jackson. We can do different Phil Jacksons. You have one Larry Bird championship. Larry Bird, Larry Brown championship. It'd be the I grindiest game ever. Two triangle offenses. Remember those? I good have old days? 11, 11 championships from Phil Jackson. Oy. So what I did, I went to the blacktop setting, uh, ones and twos. So if you don't know, if you shoot a three-pointer, you get two points. If you make it inside the three-point line, it's one point. Ones and twos. Uh, weird rule setting. I can't change the shot clock. It was at 35 seconds. Is that the NBA shot clock right now? No. It's 24. NBA is like 24. Okay. I, I don't, college, I think. I don't know why that happened. That's all right. Uh, ones and twos. That did, plays into my favor because most of my guys are coming from more of a slowdown area. Anyway, and Darren, so. did I, I sent you that picture, didn't you I? Did. I sent you a few you screenshots. Did. So I was surprised Kobe didn't score. Dude, Kobe. Well, because okay. he's dealing with Jordan. So here's here's like a little bit of a game re recap because I couldn't do a super sim like the uh, the – Hey, just like simulate through and give me the results. I had to watch it. And at first I was like, God dag on it, because they did not score. Offense was hard. Matter of fact, I like that. Awajuan was your offense. Awajuan just I don't want to say I told you so. Man. Uh and that's the thing. Shaq offense started going through Shaq. And this is not me playing. This is just no controllers on either two, team. Three, yeah, 23. Just, just a playing back and forth. It was pretty close for uh, a while it was about like six six, and then I started pulling away primarily because of LeBron and Shaq, which are my, my two. LeBron like was your high scorer, right? He was my I think it was like uh, score rebounder and got some blocks. Um, so for a long time, like the middle portion of that game, no quarters, fatigue was on. Ah, uh, that's yeah. okay. That that plays a factor. It does. That's real. And you know, it was about a th two or three point lead. Now, around sixteen points for me, you all came back because uh, Wajawan said, "Move over to everybody." Uh, but beyond that, oh gosh, and Larry Bird, he didn't score as much as you would think, but he ha he does have an undefendable shot. Some mid range fall away close to the perimeter where he banks it. There's nothing you can do. It like Katie's like, what do you want? Uh, KD, on the other hand, just shooting over the top. Worked really well. Yeah. Pulling pulling everybody out from the inside. That way Shaq can just break the rim whenever he felt like it. Like, Shaq would do this turnaround move on 2K where it's almost like he was spinning and pushing a watch. Oh, I remember the move in real life. Like, like because he was so big and strong, another guy, it would have it been a clear out, which is a foul. But because he was so big and strong, it just looked like he was turning. So you ended up winning by how much? Yeah, uh, the final score now was, I think, like 16-16. I pulled away a little bit. It was 19-16, and then uh, eventually it became 21. Uh, KD 
uh, think came through at the end. But yeah, your lead scorer was Michael. He had four points. So basically eight. Yeah. We're playing real. So Michael, uh, he had four points. Uh, your number two, Timmy D, Mr. Fundamental. You're welcome. Four points. L- look at the spread, though. Okay. You had three points from Larry Bird. Uh, <laughs> Akeem Awajuan only had three points, but he just killed on the rebounds. I'm trying to find that. No, it's not in that particular screenshot. Uh, Michael Jeffrey Jordan had two points, but that's the thing. That defense, between, that was crazy. So on my end, again, this is a game one summary of the individual players. LeBron had nine points. Uh, out of 21. Yeah, out of 21, Shaq had seven, three, KD. Uh, Dennis Rodman, I don't even care about how many points. He got two points, but whatever. <laughs> More than Dude, Kobe. Kobe scoreless. Uh, rebounds, Shaq got 11 rebounds. So Shaq, by and far the best. Seven points, 11 rebounds. He'd be the MVP of the game. Uh, yeah, but you're, you're, you didn't even attempt a three. So I mean, look, at, look at that summary. It's, 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 it's crazy. It's era. I get that, but here, here's I'm gonna say I told you I had this little this little nugget. We were talking about running the floor type of thing, and you were saying Shaq, and that's when I was like, well, it depends. If you have Orlando Shaq, he is absolutely running the floor like a boss, like a beast. I got the tank. That Orlando Shaq, if if you want to play into the factor of my team can run the floor. If you have Orlando Shaq, yes. The problem is Orlando Shaq got his lunch handed to him by Olajuwon. Now, if you have LA Shaq, Olajuwon, that's that's a handful for Olajuwon. I mean, it's a handful for anybody in the history of the game. Seven feet, too. Like, Shaq is a handful for huge. anybody. But I told you, because I don't have to worry about Rodman, Shaq's getting double teamed in real life by Olajuwon and Duncan all night long. And the other matchup is Larry Bird and KD. That's who, a good matchup. Again, KD offensively is a nightmare. But Larry Bird, number one, underrated defender. Number two, very underrated passer. <coughs> and then, of course, just one of the prolific scorers in the history of the game. Um, so it, it, KD it was- is not as good an on-ball defender. Great help defender. Katie's a great because of his length, athleticism. And all this that. is exactly the conversation that led us to actually go through this. So my plan is to once a week because I have to sit there and watch the entire game. That took about forty five minutes of my time. But um, I it will was a also longer, say, yeah, I, I will also say, at point guard, LeBron's athleticism would be a problem for Magic. That, that's but what I was hoping. Magic's for. a point guard. He's a Point guard. With LeBron as a point guard and Shaq as my center, I feel confident in that alone. And I feel like that's my foundation. And uh, we'll see. But next week, we will have game two updates for you. And I'll probably share them with you. And we can post them online if you all ever want to keep everyone involved. But we'll just talk about it here on the podcast to see, you know, throughout the next few weeks how well we do. Summer series, summer bit. I like it. Something fun to look forward to. I'm trying not to be a sound like a jerk about it because, like, I am so immensely confident in my team that in real life peak performance it wouldn't even be a seven game series but as i look at both teams i'm like oh i wish we could see that in real life yeah the play styles are so but i wish we could see it in real life oh, what a series i think it'd be fun now i just want to watch <sighs> watch the games i want to watch you know the 92 bulls or that's not a good pick uh let's say like the 96 bulls against the 73 win like, let's just put it on the NBA 2K. And I did put it on the hardest difficulty. It was, it was the hardest difficulty. So I tried to make it really hard for everyone to score. That was the case. But we'll have uh, game two I results like next week. Uh, should I alternate home and away, or should I do the playoff format? 2-2, two, 1-1-1, two, one, 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 or should I do 1-1-1-1? One, one, you can one, go one, every one, other, because it's street ball. So you can go every other. Oh, gosh, I wish – Because that still ends up giving me home court advantage, ultimately, in a seven-game series. But I, I'll be honest. I want to see my team win the seven-game series. I want it to go seven, but I want to see my team win. But there's a little bit in me that would love to see my team not win just so you and I can design uniforms for oh, the wait. tiebreaker. Oh, what do you mean by design? We have to make up our best uniform to see who would 
to put it up for a vote yeah. like at an, an NBA team or do you want me to reach no. out to Megan Copenhaver and be like, hey, Megan, no, help you, me. You have to design. I have to design. Mine. I'm terrible at art. Dude, I am not an artistic at all. This is going to be sloppy. Like all those things that we make what on we Sunday to, morning are, are gonna, just me Googling. Can we go to the print shop, print them out, and then wear them on a Sunday morning? <laughs> We'll let, we'll let the body decide, and That'd by body awesome. I mean our rocking bodies. Yes. No. We. You have to design it. I have to design it. Oh, oh it's gonna be so bad for your team, for my team. Okay. All right. We are gonna be called the slow mos. <laughs> I don't even know the slow mos, but y'all stay tuned. We'll get more into that. Appreciate your patience. I know that was kind of fluffy. But just wanted to get everybody up to date because I, I've, we've got more interaction from that. We really have. It's than, been a lot uh, of fun. A lot of things. So appreciate y'all's feedback. Continue to let us know. Also, if you have any comments or questions about today's topic, which is God's providence, according to 1689, let us know at grassrootswb.com, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Darren, would you mind gracing us with a reading of paragraph one according to the reformers, the Baptist reformers in the late 17th century? All righty, 1689, chapter five, paragraph one. God, the good creator of all things in his infinite power and wisdom does uphold, direct, dispose and govern all creatures and things from the greatest even to the least by his most wise and holy providence to the end for the which they were created according unto his infallible foreknowledge and the free and immutable counsel of his own will to the praise of the glory of his wisdom, power, justice, infinite goodness, and mercy. Is that paragraph one or paragraph one and two? That's paragraph one. Wow, that was, uh, that was very loaded. Paragraph two is not much shorter. <laughs> so we'll get through it. Actually, this is incredibly encouraging. A few uh, months ago, we went through God's decree, and if you all check out Doc and Devo's podcast, you know they also they did the sixteen eighty nine way before us. We actually get uh, get a lot of ideas uh, from them, and a good way to consider God's providence. I think they summed it up well. It is the the carrying out of God's decree, the execution of that. And just a few highlights that I see from the get-go here in paragraph one would be any of the verbs describing what God does. Uh, so God, the good creator, created all things in his infinite power and wisdom. Okay, and what does he do with everything? He doth. Wait, is that does? No, he does. Sorry. He doth. He doth. He doth. <laughs> anyway, he upholds, directs, disposes, and governs all creatures and all things. So God governs, directs, upholds all things. And uh, you know, I, I, and the, where I come from, where I'm coming at from this, I'm I'm reflecting upon the last four years. I saw a Reddit uh, post. It was actually the number one uh, post when I was looking at it a few weeks ago. But the question was, how has COVID changed your life? What's your life like now compared to the way it was before? Which, by the way, today COVID ends in America because the emergency protocol federally gone. Really? So happy uh, no more COVID protocol I, which day. I was talking to somebody the other day about our transition out of COVID. Like I was remembering back. Oh, actually, it was yesterday. I was meeting... Um, we had a pastor from Florida who's on sabbatical come to grassroots, and so I met with him for lunch, and we were talking about coming out of COVID and how when Adam here at grassroots, can you remember when it quit feeling like COVID ever existed? I can't think of a specific time, to be honest with you. It's been a while. Like It's that, but it's that slow mm. burn where it's like, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, we used to have every other row roped off. We used to dismiss by section. We used to not have coffee. We used to not have kids' ministries. We used to wear masks. You know, like we did all these things, and all that's been gone for so long that it's like, oh, yeah, COVID was a thing here. It, I know. It seems so far, but it was only three years ago. And that's when we started this podcast as well. It actually but was. 2019, it seems such like a foreign year. I, it's hard for me to... And that's what everyone was saying on that Reddit thread. It's like, I can't, I have no time perception. It's weird. It broke time for me because I used to be, you know, in 2019, I could be like, man, I could tell you everything I did almost every day in July of 2012. Or at least I could, usually. Uh, spoiler alert, nothing. But um, 
I, it's, it's weird. 2019 feels like a distant world, like a whole different reality, and it's hard for me to equate time. It's like So now if I was to think, hey, what did I do of March of 2022? Uh, what did I do? What were we doing? And, and it's weird. COVID messed up our perception of time, and I think such a big global event happening, and there's a global paradigm shift, and you know, suddenly politics is just crazy. Everything, and, and even now, I mean, you can attribute a lot of the current global situations, supply chain issues, global politics, the war in Ukraine, uh, the rise of China, I mean, Wuhan, China, where COVID uh, maybe came from, nobody knows, someone knows, somebody knows. It's chaos. And, and Christians, and even I can look around and be like, man, what is going on? Like, what is going on in the world right now? Um, there is an order to everything. There's a reason. There are no accidents. Or there are no coincidences in God carrying out His perfect plan and will, His decree. So God's providence is the the execution of those orders, the carrying out of what He's already decreed. So that's what it means to me. It's like God is upholding everything. Uh, God is, you know, working through all things, disposing of that which He will according to His sovereign will. Which There's real quick, no you chaos. said upholding everything. Just I want to go line by line with you. Okay, uh, God is upholding everything, and that's where Hebrews uh, chapter one um, says that Jesus, He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature, and He upholds the universe by the word of His power. So, so He is holding it all together. So. He upholds everything. What what else were you saying? Uh, according to the first paragraph, uh, let's see. Power and wisdom uh, upholds, directs. Do you have a reference for that one? Yeah. Dispose. Uh, <laughs> which is, uh, that, that seems brutal, but we're going to get to that. Um, in Job 38, this is where, uh, if y'all ever, I've, I've shared this before, maybe not on the podcast, but in different circles. Um, I remember even as a youth pastor one time going, what's the next book I'm going to read through? And I'm not kidding. I, cho- I chose Job because in my mind I was like, Job's short. Because all I'd ever been taught is like the first couple of chapters and the last few verses. And growing up in the church, we skipped everything in between. Like 30-some chapters of Job arguing with his friends and Job crying out to God. And then... God shows up and literally is like, okay, Job, it's time for you to listen. Time for you to stop talking, time for you to listen. And he goes into this uh, discourse of where were you when I set the foundations of the earth and, uh, you know, where were you when I put everything into place? And in Job 38.11, he said, uh, thus far shall you come and no farther, and here shall your proud waves be stayed where he is telling the oceans, this is where you'll stay. Like he said, I, I, I divided the waters and I told. Now, obviously, we can look at it and go, what about tsunamis? What about, you know, but it's like day in and day out for thousands of years, the tide has come in and the tide has gone out. The sun rises, the sun falls. Yeah, so when you talk about uh, to uphold and direct, you have that. Now, dispose, <laughs> what dispose. do you think? For us, we know what that means. Yes. Like. To throw away. To get rid of? Like a disposal. Do you know what verse Is comes that, to my mind for that? A heavenly garbage disposal? Uh, I'm thinking, I don't know, something about God working through our sin. Um, sin is being destroyed. God is winning, and that that is happening every day. The suffering and the pain of the world, all the sin. It's like good will win. God will eventually win. On that side, which means, and we studied Revelation, the book of Revelation, a few years ago in our small group, and that's one weird part about it is that you have this depiction. I don't know, maybe Revelation four, but um, where God's people are rejoicing at God's wrath and judgment being poured out on His creation. It's like, wait, why are you applauding whenever people are being condemned to eternity in darkness and separation from God? It's like because God is cleansing. He's the bad justice. Yeah, yeah, justice. That's a, that's a good word. Yeah, was that what you were going to say first? Well, disposal justice. When we talk about because dispose, it's like that seems brutal, um, but it's in Romans where God is, or where Paul, sorry, Paul is saying that um, God has the right with His creation to choose some for honor 
and some for destruction. And he's the creator, so he has the right to do that. For us, especially if you don't believe in God, you're like, that's sick, that's disgusting. But if I'm sitting here painting something, your feelings, if I'm painting my feelings, sipping a little wine, apparently like that's a big thing, like the sip and paint. Yeah, yeah uh, I know. I've, I've never folks done have it. done that. But uh, I would like to try that, by the way. Just I know primarily that's been a, a thing for women, but I think it'd actually be pretty cool to try. Yeah, I was just like, fight your feelings. I think mine would be, let me weld metal and sip whiskey. So Sounds dangerous. Well, I don't know if that's, if that's a... Well, okay. That's, that's how that's you light the man. fire. You blow yeah. the whiskey onto the flame, and it's... <laughs> Anybody want a flaming Dr. Pepper? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but if I'm sitting here painting something, and I get done, and there could be people come out of nowhere that are just like, that's a great job. Now, first of all, they wouldn't because I can't paint. But they're like, that's a great job. I'm like, yeah. And then I chuck it into the dumpster. And they're like, what are you doing? It's like, I painted it. I created that. Like, it's my choice. That's where God has the right to do what he wants with his creation because he created it. It originated with him. And, and that's in Romans. But then in Isaiah 46, it says uh, that God declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will accomplish all my purposes. So he's like, I, I, I determine the beginning and the end of each person. And even Scripture talks about how God is the giver and taker of life. So that's where we as Christians, we, we rest in his sovereignty and in his providence that he is upholding. He is directing, but he's also disposing. And he's also governing. Governing as well. Psalm 135, 6 says, Whatever the Lord pleases, he does in heaven and earth, in the seas and all deeps. And I think that could be... And to all creatures, too. It says all, all parts of creation, all creatures, everything. God is in control of everything. The insects, the plants, us, the planets, space, yes. time. Greatest to the least. Everything. And I think that could be a little off-putting, which I can't hear that word. Do you ever see those videos with Zach Galifianakis, the Between Two Ferns? Yeah. Okay, first of all, they made a movie out of that. Stupid movie. Absolutely stupid movie. Wasn't funny at all for, for Kelly and I. We didn't like it. But the little videos, the funniest parts are with the outtakes. And he is interviewing, uh, what's, the la- what's the girl from, um, oh, Jennifer Lawrence. And he's interviewing her and she says something to him, and he goes, you shouldn't say that. That's off-putting. She goes, you should be off-putting because you're fat. <laughs> so I can't, I can't hear the word off-putting now. I'd be like, you need to be off-putting. But I think that could be tough for people to hear um, this idea that he, he does what he wants. But as his creation, that should actually encourage us. He did not create everything, get the earth spinning, and just go, Good luck. He's involved. There's there's different terms out there. Um, atheism believes there is no God. Uh, there is deism, which believes there's a higher power, uh, even one that could have created everything. But hey, the higher power has nothing to do with creation. The higher power basically got everything started and then just sits back and watches it like a movie, like an NBA two K twenty three sim. Very much. Um, we should do that. Hey, you want to pick five players each and do a, a simulation? I think you and I need to play Civ. You played Civilizations? Uh-uh. Sorry, now I'm just... Anyway, all these simulations out there. We could try it. my mind. But, yeah, we'll get, we'll get more into it. We'll do Roller Coaster Tycoon. Um, Ooh, who's going who's gonna to have the most successful who theme can park? Make the who, best who, who do you coaster? think would have the most fun theme park? Me or Darren? Let us know. And, I, think, uh, I think you would win that one. I think I've played so much Roller Coaster Tycoon when I was a kid that... I've uh, never played any of those. And I'm a people pleaser. And I take care of my guest. I think, I think my park would be laid out better and and just more organized, but I think yours would be more fun. Like yeah. I think you would create more fun. They'd say these French fries from Fry Stall wanted Adamland are great, but Darren Land has a better view when I'm eating the fries. Yeah, but it but it'd be like not as much fun. But um, 
that that's atheism, deism, and then theism is that God created everything and is involved in creation. And so we can be encouraged by God's providence that he is not just the creator God, but he is a personal, present God. And because he is an all-knowing God, it mentions a little bit later on in uh, paragraph one, according to his, well, I think, what was it? Infallible Infallible foreknowledge. And I even this morning, there's terrible traffic on 219 right well, It was up. bad today. It was awful. And I like to think to myself, you know, this is annoying, but, you know, if, if there was no traffic, I mean, God's taking care of me. What if, you know, I got T-boned by a semi-truck? <laughs> like, like, God's taking care of me. He's intricately involved in everything. There's no, there's no accident. So he knows the final conclusion to everything. And I think that's reassuring as well. We don't know. We can just trust him. What? Sorry, we had two more ladies sign up for ladies' night just now. Oh, you sounded you seemed angry. Like, well, it's like I'm I'm struggling to find seats now. That's 39 ladies signed up. Were they are they on the foyer? Are they? I want them to be. We're gonna have to put them in the theater. Well, Darren, sometimes we got to be versatile and just trust the Lord. I mean, this is a good problem to have. But he uh, knew it was gonna happen. You know how? Because he has infallible foreknowledge. Boom. <laughs> according to his perfect will. Which, by the way, it says um, that infallible foreknowledge, and it says the free and immutable counsel of his will. Just to help people understand, um, obviously his free will means he's the only one that acts of his own will. Like, he is the only one to be 100% free. When we look in Scripture, uh, though we do have free will as humans, we are not 100% free. We are slaves to sin, which yeah. means we will give in to sin. Uh, we then become slaves to Christ, which means we will... We will either give in to sin or because of the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, stay faithful to Christ. But it also says immutable. Um, that means unchanging. So I didn't want people going like, God can't be muted? What does that mean? But immutable means unchanging. God can't be muted. His word endures forever. You cannot hit that mute button on God. That's great, which is a good thing he doesn't change his mind because, ooh. Yep. Darren, you, uh, you want to get in paragraph two? Let's do it. Well, ending real quick, to the praise of the glory of his power, wisdom, power, justice, infinite goodness and mercy is what you said. Like in Revelation, he's being worshiped for justice. Uh, people are going to hell. Um, and Scripture says, even this is crazy, y'all. This is crazy. Even those that end up in eternal separation from God will worship him. They will recognize who he is. That's crazy but it's because he's God. Um, So uh, paragraph two, although in relation to the foreknowledge and decree of God, the first cause, all things come to pass immutably and infallibly so that there is not anything befalls any by chance or without his providence. Yet by the same providence, he ordered them to fall out according to the nature of second causes, either necessarily Freely or contingently. <laughs> what? What? God so, works in secondary causes? First cause is what? Santa. Oh, wait, that's I know him. Shoot. I know him. <laughs> what do you, uh, first cause, what do you, uh, I'm sorry, I don't understand your question. It says, although in relation to the foreknowledge and decree of God, the first cause, all things come to pass immutably and infallibly. So that first paragraph is all things come about because of God's will. It's, it's according to his infallible, immutable will. That's the first cause. So then there becomes the second cause, which says, so that there is not anything befalls any by chance or without his providence. So we know even the bad things that happen, God is the one bringing them about. We talked about it Sunday, that even the, the suffering and the tests that come about he is at work in them. And so that's why Christians endure and hope, uh, because we know he's at work. Yet, that word yet, right in the middle of that paragraph, by the same providence he ordered them to fall out according to the nature of the second causes, either necessarily, freely, or contingently. So by his sovereignty and his providence and his immutable will, but then also... He works in secondary causes, so to speak. Um, that's tough to understand. 
It, it really is. I'm trying to think in, give a practical example, like in a day-to-day experience. What would that look like? Like what well, God wants to happen is going to happen. And Genesis ha- 8.22. Oh, well, Mr. Bible Man over here. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Second causes. So second, secondary cause is what we witness of the will. Because I don't get this. So the primary cause would be whatever God wants in his perfect, righteous, sovereign will. Correct? Yes. And a secondary cause would be the byproducts from that. Yeah. He, he has set the seasons in place, and things happen because of those seasons. Which is actually encouraging because it means that, uh, again, God is in control of all different layers of reality, life, and existence. That's crazy. Well, so that's really big. It's that's a really big. I'm about to read a verse that I'm going to be honest. I didn't know this verse existed. Like I, I didn't know this. I feel really bad. I don't feel bad about yourself. I'm having a hard time conceptualizing God right now. (laughs) Proverbs sixteen thirty three. The lot is cast into the lap. Now, everybody, lots were basically. I think our. I don't want to say dice. Like it's not necessarily that but i think for us modern day is like casting lots it's like okay here here, roll the dice um but it's every decision is from the lord so that means like when somebody is sitting at the is it craps is that the Mm -hmm. two dice yep like the people throw the dice but what it lands on is according to god's will and that's uh doc and devo even mentioned that as well does god permit sin Think about that. It's like, does God permit sin? If everything happens according to his will and he's in control of everything, and then I turn my headphones up too loud and, you know, hurt my eardrums. Blow out your eardrums. Yeah, blow out my eardrums. Obviously a sin, I guess, to listen to music too loudly and cause that damage to my body. It's like God permitted that. Again, we we go back to that whole free will thing, and it seems like there is a little bit of a spectrum within the, you know, the Protestant camp on one end, we'll call them robots with no free will, like you're a machine and there's no decision-making on your end. What's going to happen is going to happen, period. And on the other end is what the decisions you make builds the world of tomorrow, and God will bless your attempts. Land a little bit closer to the former, um, but God allowed me to make the choice to listen to me. He's not sitting there clicking the button up being like, aha. It's it's like, man, I want to listen to music too loud because I'm a I'm a rebel, man. Uh he he's like, look, you you made the decision and you will have to pay the consequences. But here's what's so good about that is that God redeems sin. Like he he makes good out of sin. He, he fixes it. That's what uh, that verse that talks about, you know, he the dice cast. So we we throw the dice. I turn my music up. Yeah, but the dice lands where God wants it to, okay? That same chapter is a verse that I've leaned on a lot in Proverbs 16. I guess I just never read to the end of the chapter. I'm sure you did. You just forgot. I did. Uh, in Proverbs 16, 9, it says, The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. So it's like, I've got these three paths. And I'm going to choose a path, but God's going to get me the direction he wants me going. Yeah, if you're not meant to go down a certain path, you're not going to it's not going to come to fruition. I every example or illustration we give is always going to fall short somewhere. But the best example I give is somebody who is water skiing. Okay? As a water skier, I can choose to go left and right, but only as far as the boat lets me with the rope that I have. Uh ultimately I'm hanging on to this rope attached to this boat. The driver of the boat, if they want to take me to the west side of the lake and I want to go to the east side of the lake, I'm going to the west side of the lake because the driver of the boat's taking me that direction. That's exactly what Jonah said. That <laughs> is actually. Uh, and so that's how I liken the idea of God is in control. Is like I've got these, this little bit of wiggle room as a as – a, a creation of God uh, to choose in certain degrees, but ultimately God's going to take me the direction he wants to take me. I'm going to go the direction he wants me to go. I think that's very well said. That, Darren, you did a hey, good job, lead, lead elder. Boom! Main Since meal. I forgot the other verse. Main meal over there. 
So the application would be, I guess, you know, we can plan our days. We can make our schedules. Uh, we can have the best intentions. Uh, we can have the worst intentions sometimes. But ultimately, the result lies, the conclusion lies within the sovereignty of God, who loves us and who works everything out to our good. So I think if someone is looking around their world right now, being like, what's going on? There's total chaos. There's no chaos. It's God. Nope. It's um, God. It's and God's and God. let's have hope in that, that he is working things out. We might not see it. You know, to his glory, he gets all the credit, and he's revealing himself to it, but it's also to our good. Like, he is on, like, when we're on his side, he takes care of us. He's on ours. I See, I had to be careful on that. I understand, but, but, what, because but it he, says for his glory and our good. Yeah, right. So I didn't want to be the be the person to say, like, I got God on my side. Adam, because just I, name it and claim it. Would you just name it and claim it? I'm on God's team. Would you? God pick me. Like you know, if he's picking basketball teams, like God pick me. How how do you like? How cringy is, is that? God lucky. No, I'm with you. That it's it's how is encouraging. God lucky. <laughs> Isn't that cringy? I have they? never. Yes. Oh, God is so lucky. God I don't, is blessed to have me on his team. Hey, look, I'm happy. Uh, talking about Exodus 18 this week. Spoiler alert, Moses oh. is sitting around all day judging everybody's problems. And I, I'm sure there are Christians out there that would be like, I want that job. I want to oh, sit yeah. there and judge people. I'd love to just so, sit there and judge everybody. <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't want it. I'll make decisions when I have to. But ultimately, like, God, you're the ju- you're in control. Like, yeah, I trust your decision making, not mine. I know what I, I know what I'm capable of. But it is encouraging that when we look at God's providence, it is that he, he did not set the world in motion and then go, good luck. And then even when we fell into sin as, as a human race, he didn't go, well, good luck with that. Like, he continues to step into the picture. And then ultimately stepped into the picture, the Son, as Jesus and, and taking our place. And so in his providence, you know, as Christians, he continues to decree and continues to set our paths and continues to move us in the direction he wants us to go. And, and when we understand God as a sovereign God of the universe, that's encouraging. I will say it's also scary because I'm like, I don't know what's down the road. Although, can I just share something real quick? Okay, this is real quick. I have, I feel like this is a little bit of a confession, so this is like between our closest friends here, our closest podcast friends, and then you and I as best friends. This is this is confession, and I'm going to say confession and realization. Confession. I have operated at times as lead elder of Grassroots Church with the mentality of in order for the church to continue moving forward the way I think it should, I need to maintain control. That's not how I should operate. Because even though as lead elder, I'm never in control. God's in control. It's a, it's a, an appearance of control. And I came to the realization a couple weeks ago, and I have been in a lot more peace ever since. Let's say, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use the closest people to me. Let's say you, I usually have glasses on my face. I took them off. I went to adjust them out of habit, and there's no glass on my face. I'm too um, blind. I didn't even notice. <laughs> uh, you and Mark get together secretly and vote that, hey, this church would do a lot better if Darren wasn't lead elder. We need to get him out of here. And you guys would get up in front of the church one day and go, we know that many of you feel this way, and... So, Darren, uh, we have voted you are no longer the lead elder. Uh, we're going to give you one month's severance, and you're never to come back here. Clean out your office. This is a very sad, Darren. It would be brutal. What, what is this? It would be brutal. It, it would be brutal because y'all are the ones I trust the most here at the church. It would be brutal. But you know what I would recognize? I'm not going to say it would be easy, but I'd recognize, okay, God wanted this. Because nothing happens without his decree. Like, God is leading this. I, I would look at it as God wants me somewhere else, and I've been too stubborn to see it. Yeah, and I've I've worked I've been involved too much with you know different ministries. Um, and sometimes audio doesn't work out. Sometimes video doesn't work out. Sometimes things just don't get posted. Sometimes I have plans in the evening. And I'm like, hey, I'm gonna do this online. I want to download this game from Game Pass today, and my internet's down. 
Now I can, you know, the same as you're, you're saying situation, like how you respond is really up to you. You can trust the Lord and that he's working everything out to his glory are good, or get mad and bitter, fight, Say try to maintain words. control, cuss, <laughs> get tattoos. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. With the same needle. Bump, bump, bump. Now you're getting wild. But no, I understand what you're saying. And I think that's, you know, that's the application. Like, do we have faith in those times? Do we maintain faith in understanding that Jesus is the greatest cosmic perfect gift we can ever have? And in in these hard situations, can we have faith to know that he's working that out? Or do we try to maintain control? Like, I don't want it. God, I want that internet. I want to play this game. I want Far Cry 5. Or something, you know, do we do we get mad at him? for guiding us down a certain path. But like you said, it is so... I feel like our conversations always end with this. The amount of peace, the, it's, yeah. it's unburdened to be it like, It does Look. feel like it always goes this direction. Because it, it, I feel like it happens all the time. Like, I'm going to do this, and I start doing it and don't get the right outcome, or you just can't do it. It's like, look, it wasn't meant to be. So whenever... And I've, I learned that quickly uh, with Campus Crusade. Uh, whenever... Crew. You know, yeah, crew. Whenever something audio would go down, it's like, look, it's fine. We'll just it move everybody up closer. We'll sit in a circle on the floor, and we'll get through this. Do it's you know not what, meant to be. Do you know when I used to get the most mad about things not going the way they should on Sunday mornings is when I felt that my identity was built on how things went. Like, people would think of me how things went on Sundays. When I let go of that, things can go completely wrong on Sundays, and it's like, it is what it is. How hard was it for you to, whenever uh, I became an intern and preaching, and then uh, the conversation eventually became me preaching, well, twice a month, um, including Monroe, like, was that hard for you to, like, yield the pulpit? Uh, if you would have said that six years ago, seven years ago, I'd have been like, that's that's my place. I, I enjoyed guest speakers, but I I would sit there while people were guest speakers, and I'm not kidding, and I'd go, yeah, I could do better, and, which is terrible. <clears throat> um, I, th- I think, I mean, all, all pastors do that. But now... Uh, I love when you preach. I love when Mark preaches. I love when we have guest speakers. Um, I, I I enjoy the break. I can tell you that. I enjoy the break. But I enjoy hearing God's word proclaimed to our people by somebody other than me. Um, and so it, it, it was a process of letting go. But now I think we figured it up. 52 Sundays this year, and I preached 27 of them. So it's it's almost half. And I think that's good for our people. I will share an encouraging story. This is an encouraging story. When Alan preached a few weeks ago, he preached on transitions and how we need to pass the baton and, you know, letting go of things to let others raise up and take over. And I remember, like, thinking, I wonder how people are taking this. And so when I got up there, I said, hey, by the way, y'all, I'm not leaving. Like, I, wanna, I want to serve to God's glory for another 20 years here with Grassroots. And I saw Debbie Bowman in the back start clapping. And so I talked to her and Larry afterwards, and he said, yeah. Debbie kept leaning over going, is Darren leaving? Like, why is he having Alan preach this? And so that was actually encouraging to my heart that she was, she was not real happy uh, that, that I was leaving. Uh, <laughs> you know, and so I'm not. But... But yeah, I it's definitely a process. I think, I think if that was to be the case, it'd probably be a covenant community meeting, and uh, yeah. so y'all, it's okay. Hey, we're not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. I'm here. Hey, I Mark's I am here. I am looking forward to, and I think so blessed. Deacons are here. Servant leaders are here. Coffee's here. Yeah, that fun people are here. Like I, I got everything. The people I want we're here. serving with, the Lord can do what He wants with them. Um, there are certain ones that would be a heartbreaking moment to me if they left. But as long as they're following God's will, we're good. But right now, um, I love serving with who we get to serve with. You know, uh, elders, the deacons, our team leaders, our groups. Man, I love it. And so I think in God's providence, uh, to his glory, we'll continue to follow him. Grassrootswv.com, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I'm not going to check it. But <laughs> Darren will. Will. Uh, hey, friends, you made it this far. Thank you. We appreciate you giving us your time and trusting us with it. I hope you found this conversation a blessing. Reach out if we can do anything for you. If not, just know you're still awesome. Love you. Love you.